Blog Talk Radio. Get ready to come into the zone for the next 60 minutes. Your journey will begin in 3, 2, 1. The Prophecy Zone with your host, Phil Armstrong. Your watchman on the wall. Bringing you into the knowledge only found as you pursue the truth. So set back and enter the zone of Bible prophecy and find the hope that every Christian should have. Find out what is going to happen in the year 2012 and beyond. The Middle East, the mark of the beast, the European superstate, Russia, China, Syria, and more. So set back and grab your cup of coffee and your Bible and be prepared to enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. Hey, how's everybody doing? Brother Phil here. I'm glad to be here tonight with you and um, hoping you guys would enjoy this show. Um, hopefully this microphone is the one that's working and not anything else because I have a microphone that uh, I've been trying to use for quite some time and I haven't been able to so. Okay, so today I want to talk about the end times. We are definitely in some parable times. And the Bible says all these things will be happening uh, at the end. It's almost like the pages of the Bible is jumping up at us now. Okay, so um, President Biden has um, gone to the Middle East. I suppose he's on his way back now. A two-state solution. And God said in his word that if you divide Jerusalem, he will also divide you. And we just happen to have a fault line going right in the middle of the United States that uh, may be activated in a couple of years. Um, due to the fact that we have coerced Israel to divide itself. Now, Biden uh, went over to East um, Jerusalem, which is probably one of the first presidents to go over there. And that, to me, is a slap in the face. Now, they signed a declaration uh, contract or uh, treaty or whatever you want to call it. And the declaration actually signals to the uh, interim president of Israel that um, uh, America may not be serious. I don't think they even take an American administration serious at all. Um, and I, unfortunately, I can't blame them. Okay. On this show, I want to talk about uh, Russia, Iran, Turkey, uh, setting up for a possible invasion of Israel, but they don't know they're going to do it yet. Because in the book of Ezekiel, it says that there is a uh, that, that the leader of Gog, which 
which presumed to be Russia and the leader of Russia is Gog, and Magog is the country of Russia. And um, people are thinking that maybe Vladimir Putin could be that person. Uh, I, myself, believe he is, but we just have to wait and see. Hopefully we will find out in the very near future. Now, I wanted to, uh, first of all, take a look at uh, today, uh, Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13, and talk about uh, preparation that Jesus laid out in Matthew's 24. Now, to me, the way I see Matthew's 24 after asking God to help me to interpret it is it's uh, put in parentheses. Uh, Matthew's 24 verses 1 to 7 is, is in parentheses is placed on um, ver, uh, verse 8 and it goes all the way up to um, 36 somewhere around 36. Anyway, uh, at the end of uh, Matthew 24, God is actually talking, giving a dialogue of how to not go through that relation period. So um, we're going to um, take a look at that as well. But first, I want to talk to you guys about and gals, about uh, brothers and sisters, whoever's listening, about Matthew 25. So I'll go ahead and play that, and I'll be right back. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Is about five virgins who had oil and five that did not. I believe it's the church in general. Uh, five had the Holy Spirit. Um, had a relationship with God, and five did not. You have to have a relationship with God to see what's going on. The majority of people don't see what's going on. They do not understand what's going on. It's because they are, have not been enlightened by Jesus. They have not been enlightened by the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to read to you uh, 
Ephesians chapter 15. I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 2. There is no 15. Okay. <clears throat> so this Paul, he's talking about a prayer that he gave to Ephesians. And his verse 15 goes like this. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God, and here's the prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, and the eyes of your understanding and enlightened, that he may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who, be, who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at the, his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers and mighty might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. Now, this is God giving, this is Paul praying that God would give them wisdom to understand. We should always pray for wisdom to understand uh, what God is doing. Um, what is God doing? Well, we'll get to that in a minute. But also, I want to read to you guys, um, and gals, and brothers and sisters, um, Proverbs. My son, forget not my law, but let thy heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. That not merit. Excuse me. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thy heart. So thou so so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall do thy path. Be not wise in thy own eye. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Okay, so what happened in the garden was God gave them instructions. It's just common sense. It makes sense to ignore the sense of it. That God walked Adam and Eve in the coolest of the day. He gave them instructions. One of the instructions is not to not to eat from this particular fruit. Now, Satan, just as he does today, he watches people until he has the opportunity to come in and spoil. And that's exactly what he did to Adam and Eve. And it's happening to us. So the first verse, the first verse I wrote read was um, Ephesians chapter 1. And it was talking about Paul gave a particular prayer that he would uh, he prayed that we would have wisdom, that Ephesians had would have wisdom, but it's a come to us as well, that they would have wisdom and understanding in the spirit of uh, God. And, and, and all, all that understanding involves uh, 
uh, holiness, uh, right standing with God, pleasing God, uh, walking with God, um, understanding the end times, the the period that we're in, um, understanding God as a relationship with God and getting closer to God and being one with God, uh, walking with God, brother. Just like he says, um, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for he took him. In order to be taken or taken in the rapture of the church, you have to get past generation that we're living in. I'm going to play Second Timothy 3, uh, and it's talking about the end-time generation, but it's also talking about church. This is mainly... Uh, Timothy talking to the church or, or preaching to the church. Uh, Paul is writing Timothy a letter about the, the condition of the church. Okay, so listen. Uh. Chapter 3. This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, Ever learning and okay, so I'm gonna cut us. Okay, I'm gonna cut it off from right there. So that's the generation that Paul is praying that you would have enlightenment to stay away from and to understand time period. Now, in Isaiah chapter one, God is. telling Isaiah that his people don't understand times. He says that the cockatiel knows, the turtle knows knows the time, their own time, their mating season or whatever. But my own people don't know the time. He also talked to the Pharisees when uh, the, he went to the Pharisees and, and he also went to his disciples. Probably was talking to his disciples to whoever was around. He says, you look into the sky and you see fair weather. And you, I mean, you say when it's not going to rain or you say it's going to rain. But I'm standing right in front of you and you don't know. So he asked the disciples, he said, who do, who, who do you say that I am? And they, you know, they had a lot of different answers. And then Peter says, um, you're the son of God, but I went to one. And he said, uh, he said, that's good because I just rock. I'm going to build my church. Okay. And um, he wasn't really talking to Peter definitely because a lot of people, they started a whole uh, church on, on that, um, that um, Peter would be the rock. And um, he did call him the rock. Um, that was the name that he gave Peter, but that's not what he was talking about. He's just on this, these verses or on these on this uh, doctrine, I will build my church in the gates of hell and not prevail against it. Anyway, I'm going to play a, a, a um, a, 
another. Uh, it's Second Peter chapter three, and I'll be right back. Chapter three. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come perish, but count to the knowledge is true. Come to repentance. Come to know God. Turn from your sins and turn towards God. And that's what God is looking for in these last days. So we see in these days we live in a crooked and de- um, deprived generation um, full of sin, full of rebellion, full of hate. Uh, and we also see a generation who has no clue of what's going on as far as God is concerned. Now, when you look at um, Matthew 25, verse 1 and 13, uh, at the end of that chapter, when five virgins, foolish virgins, came to the five virgins and they said, give us some of your oil. And then Jesus said to them, or the 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 groom said to them, I know I don't know you. So he's saying, I don't know you at this time. At this time you're talking to me, I do not know you. Uh, can you imagine Jesus saying that to you? I don't know you, or I don't know you at this time. So at the time when Jesus Christ comes back, it, the Bible says that the uh, says judgment will begin at the house of the Lord. People don't realize that just rapture is going to be judgment. That is going to be the judgment that um, would happen at the split second. And um, nobody is expecting that to happen in the future. I'm going to let y'all um, listen to them. I'll be back. something from God's heart that God gave me this past day, past few days. Uh, The whole world knows what is happening here in the United States. We're in a worst crisis in our history. Uh, The people everywhere, especially in New York City, where the crisis hangs so heavy overheads, there's a great fear 
I was told that in the stock market after it closes, men are collapsing and falling down in fear. And it's not just an American problem. It's a European problem. It's worldwide. God is doing what he warned us he would do when sins have mounted up into heaven. And that's that he would shake everything that can be shaken. And the whole world is shaking now with an economic meltdown. And it's going to get so frightening that not one of us will be unaffected. We're all going to be affected. Every minister, every family, Christians and unbelievers alike. We're all going to feel and see things that are terrifying. And many are going to have their faith shaken. Many are going to abandon their faith. Even when Jesus walked the earth, when hard message came, when hard times came, and he saw many leave him. He said, many, the Bible says, many forsook him. And he turned to his disciples and he said, will you forsake me also? Now, everywhere I go, I hear people saying, is there a word? What's going to happen next? What is God saying? And I want you to know what I believe God's speaking to my own heart, especially last night I was walking and talking with him. I went to the word of God because the only word is from the word itself, from God. There's no economist, there's no evangelist, there's no one that can give us the answers. We have to go to the word, we have to go to the Father. And in First Samuel, 30th chapter, I was, I was moved by the story of David and his 600-man army. They came upon over the hill toward Ziklag, their home base. And it was in ruins. The fire had destroyed the city. His wives, all the wives, the children were all taken captive by the Amalekites. And the Bible says that David and his men wept. David was deeply distressed. And his men wept all day and probably through most of the night until they said there were no more tears. Now, let me tell you that you and I, the godliest person hearing my voice, I don't care how famous you may be. I don't care who you may be. When you first see these frightening things come on the earth, there will be that first flash of fear and terror. I picked up one of our national magazines this a few days ago, and it had a picture of the world, a man representing the world on the brink of falling into a chasm. And it said, the headlines were, the world is collapsing. And it's in the headlines, a great worldwide depression. And the first impact, when I read that, I had a trembling inside. I said, God, so quick, so sudden, how did this happen? Even though many of us prophesied about it for years. When it comes and you see it, it's so overwhelming. And David, the Bible said, now, now let, me, let me say this. If, if you were to say, I'm not afraid, then you really don't understand the situation. It's that first flash of fear. There's a time for weeping. And God understands that. 
And many of you listening to me now, the question is, where does this end? Where does it take it? What about the church in its future? Bible says David wept until there was no tears left. But then came a time, there comes a time, there is a time for weeping. There is a time that we will tremble. But God understands that. Then there comes a time to fight. David stood up, no more questions. And the Bible said he encouraged himself in the Lord. And we have come to a time where every man, every woman has to get their own word from God. You can't get it from some great voice. You can't get it from someone you think is holier than you. You have to get alone with God. David got alone, and the Bible said he encouraged himself. And you'll hear the voices. But you have to get your own word, as David did. I have to get my own word. I have to shut myself in with God and with this book and let the Lord speak encouragement to me. Folks, it doesn't matter who prophesied what and when. That's all in the past. It doesn't matter. And you'll hear a lot of prophetic voices saying, uh, good days are just ahead. No. We're in that time now that Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Hosea, and all the prophets said, the day of God's vengeance and recompense upon the wicked. But the prophet Isaiah said, but you are safe. This is not about God's people now, even though he's purging his church. This is about having a word from God. If you're a pastor, your congregation, like our congregation, coming to church in every service, what is God saying? What is the word? Now, David had 600 men that couldn't get a word. They didn't know how. But there are those who have walked with Jesus and know that the answer is here. And they have to come to the people now with a word of hope, a word of encouragement. David had the priest Abiathar. Abiathar couldn't help him. He had wise men, some of the wisest men in the world in his little army. They couldn't help him. comes a time nobody can help you. Nobody give you a word. But David said to Abiathar, bring me the ephod. God spoke through the ephod in those days. And he got a word from the Lord, not from a pastor, not from anyone else. But he got a word of encouragement. God said, yes, I'm going to bring you through. There's going to be a recovery. You're going to know my hand for protection. Now, either this word is true, and I, I was walking... And I'm going to close in just a moment, but I don't want to take a lot of your time. I was walking with the Lord last night. And the Lord said, uh, David, you've, you've preached for 55 years around the world about how God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt and through the Red Sea. And about uh, the fiery furnace and Hebrew children being delivered. You talk about Daniel being delivered from the lion's den. You talk about all these deliverance for 55 years. Now you're facing a test of faith like you've never known it. Was that mockery? Did you as the minister of the gospel say all this for 55 years and now it doesn't work for you? 
And, and I began to see that the mockers and the scoffers that are coming in the last days will come, some, many from the church itself. Scoffing in the word, giving up on the word because they, they, are, they, they don't turn to God. They get bitter against God, and that's going to happen. But where are those Davids that will stand up with the word of God? And they've been tested. I have been tested. I've been tested in my family. Cancer. Uh, all kinds of attacks out of hell. But now God is at work. God is, this is God's doing. And by, I believe the Bible says God has everything under control. They, these, God said, don't mock me now. Don't scoff at my word. Stand. I've given you this word. God is going to see his church through. I hear people say, well, we're all in the same boat. No, we're not. Well, we're in a boat all right as Christians, but it's called the ark. It's the ark of safety. And God is going to ride his people through this storm. It may be difficult. The boat may shake. And there'll be storms and lightning and thunder. But God keeps his word. God has everything under control. And I ask you as a congregation of ministers and wives to stand to your feet and lift your hands and thank God for his faithfulness. He's going to see his church through. There's going to be a moving of the Spirit. God is going to bring those. He's going to awaken many, many multitudes. He's going to awaken those who have been cold and indifferent. He's going to pour his spirit out in the midst of all of this. Lift your hands. Stand, lift your hands, and thank God for his promises. And ask God to strengthen your faith, to give you a word so that you can stand before your family. You can stand before your friends. You can stand as David did. The whole army of 600 men rose up on one man's faith. Let that be you. God bless you. Praise God. Praise God. One seems to believe what God has written in his word. And uh, God has written a warning from all the prophets and the apostles and Jesus himself that he was going to come back at a time just like it is now. But for some reason, the question is, and a lot of people are asking, is why in the world don't the church realize it's coming back? It's because, drum roll please, the church is full of apostasy. The original Bible has not been preserved. Now we have a bunch of fake dollar bills. Fake dollar bills are selling this lady at the, at the store. And we study, you know, FBI study the, the real dollar bill. They don't study the fake. Um, I used to think when I was a kid that they studied all the fake ones, <laughs> but that's not necessarily the truth. Um, so, God, in the, when I started off earlier, is that God wants to give you wisdom. He wants to give you understanding. God wants to give you clarity of what's going on. He wants to give you uh, peace 
wants to give you comfort. That's why they call the comforter. But even though he gives you the wisdom, find out that, hey, the judgment of the God is coming, he gives you wisdom uh, to understand what's going on so you can warn people and you can escape yourself. And you can um, uh, signs and signals and and, and um, even prophecy that the world will be like at the end. He's given us a photographic picture of how things are going to be. Now, we don't know the exact day and hour that Jesus Christ would come back, but we do know that all the signs and all the, the, the um, prophecies are coming to fulfillment. Now, as far as uh, what he wrote in uh, Genesis chapter 1 through 3, he talked about the, the sun, moon, and the stars are for signs and signals, and even before they are for light. Okay? And then he says in um, Luke 21, 25, I believe, he says, and there should be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on earth to dress the nation. What reflects the seas and the waves roaring? Man's heart failing them for fear and look upon the things that are coming upon this earth. God has given us his Holy Spirit. When we're obedient to God and when we're, we're um, humble, we have humility, he says, approach me as a child. He says, unless you approach me as a child, you are not entered heaven. You are not into the kingdom of God. So you have to be humble and you have to be uh, sold out for God to God before He showed you these things, and that's why it's so important that if God is speaking to you, and you have this big church or you have this medium-sized church, and you got this congregation that is pulling you back and forth with a bit in your mouth like a horse, and and you're going from um, teaching to teaching, doctrine to doctrine, but it's not real doctrine. Uh, of course, you can spend many of days and many of years being um, guided by uh, men and their traditions and their, and their theologies and their doctrines of demons, and you won't even know it. You know, you can sail in a boat and if the compass is off just a hair, you can end up in a bad spot. Just like in the plane, I was watching about six months ago, I was watching a whole bunch of plane crash shows, and, and a few of the shows, uh, uh, quite a bit of them, is that one of the pilots would get in and accidentally hit a switch, the wrong switch, and they would be off grit, the coordinates, and they would end up hitting a mountain or end up going into the ocean. Um, that's what happened to JFK Jr. Uh, his plane ended up going in the ocean. Uh, to be, well, I'm not going to say that. But I believe that he was on course to go somewhere, and then they, he got miscombobulated, and um, he ended up killing him and his wife and his sister-in-law. And, folks, that's the same way the Bible works. You can be you can be off target. Uh, you can have all the things uh, working for you, and then all of a sudden, as time goes on, you try you you start to 
believe different things. Okay. Anyway, um, I'm going to place it for you guys. Just a, it's about the economy. Right is a sell-off. Eddie Gabor joins me now, the man himself. You said earlier this week that we were in the calm before the storm. That was earlier this week. All right, it's Friday. Is this the storm? It is, Stuart. And what this confirms is the Fed is going to have to force a recession to get inflation down. This is what we've been warning about. This is why we have not been fully invested all year. And investors need to take this serious. Trying to pick a bottom in this type of environment is dangerous, and I don't think we're anywhere close to a bottom. So they need to take these opportunities to protect their hard-earned capital before it gets a lot worse. Why do you think we're nowhere near the bottom? Well, Stuart, if you think about all this money that went in the system over the last two years created, in my opinion, one of the largest bubbles of our lifetime. And now they have to unwind the balance sheet which means these bubbles are going to be popping one by one, and it's already happening. It happened in crypto first. It's down 50%. NASDAQ's down over 30 from its highs, and you're going to start seeing the larger cap plays do that. This market has to reset to where it was prior before we can move forward. So that means we need to be down at a minimum of 30% in the S&P, in my opinion, before we can even think about being close to a bottom. And lastly, the VIX has been so tame. You do not have a market bottom when you have so much complacency. So VIX is going to 40. We're going down at least 30 plus percent, in my opinion, and investors need to protect their capital. So what's the time frame here? If you say we're going down at least 30 percent on the S&P, I think we're down about 20 percent now. When's this over? When's the, when are we looking at the other side of this? So I think the summer is going to be the worst part of this market. Um, as I said on Wednesday, uh, we've told clients, you know, and it's hard to predict, but as our best estimate right now is fourth quarter or late third quarter is when we're going to start nibbling back into this market because I think the Fed is going to prove everyone wrong, and they're going to continue to tighten into this slowdown. It is a big, big mistake, but they're going to do it, and it's going to cause markets to really tumble. All right, Eddie Gabor, you've been right so far, certainly in this cycle, and we appreciate you being here. And thanks very much for jumping on the show uh, at such short notice today. We're now down 784 on the Dow Industrials. Thanks, Eddie. Thank you for this, having me, uh, uh, Okay, so I, I did that show that talked about the Smeeter cycles. Um, I do believe that the, um, when God said uh, to Noah, Says my spirit will not always strive with man for his time will be 120 years. He says my spirit will not strive with man, will not always strive with man. So what does that mean? So pull a, take a rubber band out and and pull it in both directions as far as you can. It's gonna pop when you too much water into a container of too much uh, pressure on a piece of wood, you're going to break it. And when you have too much um, you have too much the Bible talks about uh, when um, sin reaches its point, when iniquities reaches its point uh, that there's going to come a time where there's so much sin in the world 
say is okay enough, just like he said with Noah and just like he said with Lot. When sin reaches a certain point, God will pull the switch. He will pull the plug on that society. Societies don't last for more than 250 years. And America is a great gauge for this to have for this talk because there it was in 2017 a eclipse that went from border to border. It went from Oregon and it went all the way through to through the United States, all the way to South uh, uh, Carolina. And and then the one will come in 2024, going in the opposite direction. But it'll start in Texas and end somewhere in I, I have no in Maine, I believe it is. So it's going in the opposite direction, but it will create a cross in the middle of the United States. And folks, that is saying to us that the Gentiles are. Um, trouble. The United States is in trouble. The United States is not in Bible prophecy. I believe that um, 2017 eclipse was a sign to the Gentiles that their times are numbered as relevant to uh, judgment coming from God himself. And we are there, folks. We are literally there. We have uh, Iran and Russia and Turkey meeting in Iran. And they're going to talk about what Lord knows what. And um, I do believe that they're going to talk about uh, federation because they can't possibly be talking about um, invading Israel at this point because in Ezekiel 38 and 39, it becomes an idea. So at the time, it becomes an idea to the leader of God. And he, the Bible says he should put an evil thought in his mind and say, I'm going to go up against the, the uh, country with all villages. So what I'm thinking is instead of doing it automatically or immediately after Israel smacks their neighbors, that includes Iran, that includes Hamas, that includes Hezbollah, that includes Fatah, that includes Lebanon, that includes Syria, when they get them smacking these countries, uh, Russia is going to say, "Hey, okay, first of all, you just nuke Damascus, so we're going to we're going to we're going to mount on our horses and we're coming after you." And this is something that that I've been thinking this is going to happen a long time ago, and that's exactly what it seems like shaping up to be, along with um, Joe Biden from the United States going over on a Super Buck Moon. Um, well, go figure. It's a Buck Moon. Um, I'm pretty sure that was God trying to say something, or or Biden and his his family and his administration and the New World Order sending them over there on a Buck Moon because they know it's 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 um, satanic and they want to uh, waken demons. Okay, so I haven't done the show uh, recently, but I wanted to quickly talk about CERN. CERN um, is a big glider, and it's, it's a smasher of, of um, uh, uh, 
particles, and they try, they're trying to make dark matter, and they're trying to actually create a um, a hole in the universe so they can just go right through the hole um, and 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 bring out whatever out of the out of the uh, you know out of this atom smasher who is going to create an optical delusional door for another dimension. So this is crazy, folks. Um, the Bible talks about this as far as the bottomless pit is open and demons come out of the bottomless pit. And at one point, there's 200 million of them, people who who has who does, who has marked. Um, that's why it's important for us to have God in hearts right now. But the rapture of the church would take place before that. But I'm talking about saints that we left here, um, the people who become Christian, because there's going to be a lot of people who become Christian. There's going to be a lot of people who take the mark as well. So I say to you, I say pick your side. What side are you going to be on? Are you going to be on God's side or are you going to be on the devil's side? Are you going to be on God's side, or are you going to pick the, uh, are you going to be on Jesus' side, or are you going to pick the uh, Antichrist? So people are looking for the Antichrist right now. Um, <laughs> they're looking to go through the tribulation period. They're looking to um, survive it. Um, the Bible, Jesus said himself that if he didn't come on, when he came for the elect's sake, no flesh would be saved. What kind of deal is that? I mean, you, you're you're talking. You're, you're, okay, so you say that the the rapture of the church or the coming of the Lord, the called up of the saints, would happen at the end of the tribulation period or in the middle of the tribulation period. It is not a rescue. Jesus said, "Pray that you can escape." You know, a lot of people. I mean, I've heard some of the strangest things in the last five years, let alone the last ten years. Um, but I definitely hear some strange stuff in just the last six months to a year. Oh, my goodness. It's it's just, I mean, you would think uh, people would be much spiritually smarter and discerning. Uh, if you read, um, I was reading, um, I normally read King James, but I was um, listening to uh, a like an English standard Bible. Uh, online, uh, the audio Bible, and it, it's so, it makes so much sense. It, it's just um, talk about common sense, and, and, and it talks about wisdom, and talks about understanding and clarity, and that's what the Holy Spirit brings. He doesn't bring confusion. God is not the author of confusion. Um, there's a lot of confused people today, you know, as far as talking about revelations. Um, the Bible says if you if you add to his word or take away from his word, you can receive the plagues. That's why I don't talk about, um, you know, revelations unless I, I, I have God. If I, I go in a room and I pray, I say, God, give me understanding. Revelations is something I won't won't play with because if I take, I say that the seals are already open, taking from God, that's taking from Jesus. And um, Revelations chapter four and five is saying because hey, John was asking who can open the seals, and he was he was frustrated, crying, you know, he he was weeping. Who can open the seals? And the Lamb of God, who was the one who can open the seals. Jesus, the one who can open the seals. No one can open the seal, folks. 
And the funny thing is, the seal, seals are meant to be broken. Seals can be broken. But in this case, no one's supposed to break the seal but Jesus. And that's why John was asking, who can open it? I mean, I can't open it. But the preacher down the street can't open it. So if, if, if we can't open it, nobody, I mean, if Jesus, if Jesus is the one can open it, John can open it, he's a prophet. Okay, so um, when people say, you know, we're in the, in the sixth seal or in the seventh trumpet, or that means the first seal opens up other seals, and the seventh seal opens up the seven trumpets. And the seventh trumpet, I believe, opens up the rest of the bowls. So in order to get, get all the other 21 judgments open, 20 judgments open, you have to open the first seal, which opens the other seals. You understand what I'm saying? So just because you had earthquakes, pestilences, uh, you know, uh, wicked rulers in the past does not mean that the seals were open. It just means that the world, that's how the world is designed. It's always going to have wicked leaders. It's always going to have earthquakes. It's always going to have pestilences. But to talk about the end time, uh, the way you measure if we're in the end time or not is Israel. Israel is the nation who God is looking at as the is the is the um, is the uh, clock. Israel's the clock. Israel sets the clock. So when Israel became a nation if, in one day, it's the clock. And now all the other uh, prophets that that God talked about and in, in, in the in the Word of God. So, um, look, uh, folks, the time is near. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, now it's time to uh, ask him to come into your heart, come into your life, turn your sins, turn to God. Turn your sins, put away the sins right now, because <laughs> Christ is going to return any day now. I believe he's coming back very, very soon. Uh, if you know my ministry, I talked about the Feast of Trumpets coming in September, the end of September. I believe that that's going to play a pivotal role. Um, but you never know. Your life can end today. Your eyes can end tomorrow. Your life can end this weekend. You know, today is the day of salvation. It's not promised to you. Come to the Lord so he can take clean you of your sins. Turn it, come to the Lord that he can give you power over alcoholism and pornography and addictions that easily will tumble you of adultery and, and idolatry and, and things that are easy to set up. Come to the Lord while he, he can be found. Kiss the son while he, he can be kissable. <laughs> so we are definitely in the end of the age. Look, folks, uh, pray for your family. Pray for this country. Pray for, um, or pray for um, you know, your your uh, fellow Facebook YouTubers, Instagrammer to understand what God, cause especially the post trippers and mid trippers, they need per- heavy prayer. Uh, I'm trying to get out of here, and I'm not going to let anybody deter me from believing in the po- in the in the in the preacher rapture. You know, the Bible says, and don't let no man steal your reward. And and people are letting and people change their mind. Um, just because he hasn't come yet, you know, that's why it's where's the promise of your coming? Since my forefathers have fell asleep, all um, have been coming, you know, all have been saying Jesus was coming, but he didn't come. But 
you know, just like uh, God flooded the world with water and he told him he was going to do it, he's, likewise he's told us through all the prophets that he was going to come and uh, judge this land. Now, I played all these video audios and stuff just to point to the point out that we are living in a perilous time. And most of the church is asleep. And your eyes need to be open. That's why he said that in, in the, um, to the church of Laodicea, wash your eyes out with eye salve, with eye medicine, so you can see. Buy as me gold, try it in fire so you can be tested, that you can come to faith, that you can have a close relationship with God, and he can cleanse you of all unrighteousness through his blood, sin. Okay? Keep your eyes on Jesus in his last moments. Do not take your eyes off Jesus. Keep your eyes on the author and finisher of your faith. It says in Philippians 1.6, He who has begun a good work in you will continue it into the day of Jesus Christ. Don't let nobody steal your reward. Stay focused. Just like Peter, Jesus told Peter to come out and walk on water. And Peter, just because the storms, the water, the waves, the water start to, to really get high. And, and Peter took his eyes off Jesus and put them on the storm. He sunk. Do not put your eyes on the storm. Put your eyes on Jesus. Put your eyes on the author and finisher of our faith. Keep your eyes on him. Surrender your life. Deny yourself. Follow him. Take up your cross. Follow him. He is coming very, very soon. Please. Okay, so yeah, if you listen to this program, you can go on YouTube to listen to or watch my uh, channel. It's called Prophecy Zone News. Um, and I, I've had this channel for I don't know how many years. Um, 2009. Um, so uh, this is... Um, if you, if you can, you listening to this program, subscribe to Prophecy Zone News on blog, um, on, excuse me, on YouTube, okay, um, and help us get up. And also, if you're on Blog Talk Radio, go to the main page, and if you know what the Apple or the iTunes symbol is, go on there and rate us, rate this radio show. If you like this radio show, please rate it. Uh, I had some people that was really mad at me because I, I um, had uh, somebody on my show that was that was exposing them, and they got really upset about the show and they put some bad um, ratings down there, so uh, some reviews. So please go and uh, review, uh, rate us on um, um, video on the front page of our um, radio show. And that would be so, so awesome. Thank you so much. Um, let me go ahead and find my page so I can get out of here. But God bless you guys. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Keep your eyes on Middle East because that's the time clock when you see Israel attack bomb uh, Iran's nuclear facilities in the not-too-distant future. You can almost bet your bottom dollar that the other countries uh, Iran's satellite countries are going to respond. And either it be this year or next year. Hopefully, you know, I'm looking for that bus of hope and glorious appearing. I'm praying God is now. And I want to 
be in this world forever. Let's pray for them that they will turn around and they will be willing to get out of here. Um, please, in Jesus' name, just pray for your family and keep looking up. Your redemption draws down. God bless you guys and have a wonderful day. I have no idea what the intro is, but I'll say something. Thank you for watching. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.